Hi, Explorers. Thanks for listening to Kids Who Explore Parent Edition. Come along with us as we cover all corners of raising kids in the outdoors. Today's podcast is sponsored by Kids Who Explore's Patch for a Purpose. Every time we see our patch out in the world, we feel the love and support behind it. Our patches can be sewn onto backpacks, jackets, bags, or even baby carriers, to name a few. Or they can be carried in your packs as special adventure items for all your little explorers. Our patch comes in eight different colors, and a dollar from each patch goes to a, you guessed it, purpose. Your support can make a difference for all of the following charity groups, depending on which color patch you want to represent. Alberta Parks, Children's Disability, BIPOC and Anti-Racism, Sick Children, The Earth, Children's Wellbeing, Anti-Bullying, and Children's Mental Health. Check out the hashtag patch for a purpose to see our patch and the community behind it. That's hashtag patch, the number four, a purpose. To get your patch today, visit www.kidswhoexplore.ca. We thank you in advance for the difference you are making. Hi everyone, I'm Lauren Rodick Everly, mama to one and a half old baby girl Collins. I'm happy to be your host today. I'm joined by Jamie Glowacki. Jamie is an internationally recognized potty training and parenting expert. She is the author of both Oh Crap Potty Training and Oh Crap I Have a Toddler. Her former careers as circus performer and social worker make her uniquely qualified to deal with toddlers and poop. She's helped thousands of families get poop in the potty with ease. You can find her at jamieglowacki.com and on Instagram. She doesn't do Facebook anymore because she's learning TikTok, but it will be a while. Don't hold your breath. (laughs) (laughs) Jamie, that may be one of my favorite intros to date. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for having me, Lauren. (laughs) Yeah, thanks for coming on Kids Who Explore. So it's so nice to talk to you again. I had the pleasure of being on your podcast, which I also Mm -hmm. listened to after we got in touch on Instagram talking ticks. And I've read your book. I shared it with about everyone I know. (laughs) Yeah, and I've used so many parts of your method, which you happily say isn't a method. So I love that too, by the way. My daughter is 19 months now and she's out of diapers. So I did, as you said, I took the diapers off and getting outside on adventures has even been a dream. Yeah. So can you start by actually telling us a little bit of a summary of how and when people should start thinking about potty training? Yeah, 100%. So the big myth out there, oh, Before we get started, I need to tell you guys a few things. So I live in the middle of the woods, like in the middle of the woods, and I'm surrounded by, I'm on six acres and I'm surrounded by state trust and it's pheasant season. So in the middle of this podcast, you may hear a gunshot. I'm okay. It's just the hunters, you know, a mile down the road shooting pheasants. On that note, I also have a dog and we have coyotes that are after our chickens. So this is great that this is like a get outside podcast because (laughs) I got a lot of outside happening. Um, So if you hear my dog barking crazy, it just means he's chasing off the coyote. Okay. So you have chickens and you do do eggs and everything. Yeah. They haven't started laying yet. We just started them this year. Also, if I abruptly scream, I have snakes in my living room and live mice in my truck. So yeah, there's just a lot of nature (laughs) happening right now (laughs) because it's getting really cold. So all the, all the critters want to be inside. This could not be more perfect. (laughs) We're not the only inside for miles, so. Are these snakes pets now? You know, all the critters in my house, I have chosen to to think of them as uncaged pets because that helps me because I grew up in all cities. I've lived in Manhattan, San Francisco, and Providence, Rhode Island. So this is like new. So occasionally I can be found on top of my table screaming. I, I try not to. I try to be a big woods girl, but occasionally. Last week I was ready for a five-star resort. I was like, <laughs> I need some concrete. I need to be waited on. But I got 
truck and there was a live mouse running around in my truck, I was like, I can't, but. Okay, but what made you make the switch from big city to literally the woods? Well, a couple of things. My son um, got very into hunting and he wants to be a DEM environmental police. So we, we were going out hunting. Um, and then I got a really strange thing. I got capsulitis on the bottom of my foot. So it's almost like having under your middle toe and it was on both feet. It's like having a half a golf ball that's on fire. It's like, and I would actually like make holes and flip flops. It was so prominent and it, it hurt and it was from running on pavement and it didn't bother me if I was trail running. So we lived in the city and we spent 95% of our time getting to the woods. And so I just was, and I'm also kind of done with people because, you know, people. Right. <laughs> and so, yeah, so we just decided to go rural and, and have animals and yeah. And I kind of like, I think you'll get this because you're an outside adventurer. I feel like so many of our problems in life are because we overthink and we don't have true hardship. I wanted a harder life. Like I wanted, I wanted a life where I'd have like, I have a well, I, I get buckets of water for the chickens. Do you know what I mean? Like, yes. like I do a lot of manual labor and my life has gotten incrementally so happier besides like when snakes come in my living room, but just doing harder work, I think just I don't know. It's, it's, it, I don't get anxious anymore. I don't get into, I gave up Facebook because I was like, I'm done arguing with people, you right. know? <laughs> and so, um, so yeah, so I, I, I actually sought out a harder life. Amazing. And you're probably finding that that has so many benefits for your son too. Then. Oh yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, we talked about this on the podcast with me, like the amount of time people spend outside or, you know, especially now with COVID and they're really trying to bump up, like how, healthy things, you know, not just, not just vaccines and whatnot, but like actual take care of your immune system. And they're like, you know, find if you can be out in green in nature for like 10 minutes. And I'm like, 10 minutes, oh, oh I'm out like 10 hours. <laughs> so like I, we're surrounded by trees and yeah. I mean, you probably know all about this, but I heard the other day and no one quote me on this exact number, but they were saying, kids are on screens for four to seven hours a day and they're outside for four to seven minutes a day. Like, excuse Oh, it's me. nuts. It's nuts. Huh. Yeah. I was just hearing too from my friend that they like, they still, teachers still pull recess from when kids are like acting wacky. And I'm like, how about that's you give them extra need. recess? <laughs> yes. That's what they need that. And we also talked about that on your podcast, but like the second there is any sort of tantrum, I'm like, outside we go. And yeah, yeah. the world is better outside, you know? Everybody, yeah. Yeah. All right. So All that's right. my that's my nature preface. <laughs> Back to potty training. I love it. So yeah, potty training. When should people start thinking about potty training? So the biggest myth, of course, is wait till they're ready, which is false because we don't usually wait for our kids to be ready. We don't wait till they're ready to be locked in the car seat. We don't wait for them to be ready to go to bed, you know, and I think what's happened, I often ask parents is, okay, well, what are you waiting for? What does ready look like to you? And I get like the biggest blank stare because they don't actually know. It's one of those sound bites that's been, you know, infiltrating our world. And now we just say that, right? And you'll often even hear pediatricians say that and they don't know what they mean either because they just don't have time. They don't have time anymore to to look at your potty log <laughs> so um what I have discovered through my work that the best time to think about potty training is between 20 and 30 months and that is specific because it's a developmental lull for them so prior to 20 months can be done like you did with Collins right and it can be done and sometimes it takes a little bit longer because their their brain's still developing but you don't have attitude yet 
you have a kid who's usually eager to please you and wants to help and wants autonomy. Between 20 and 30 months, they've mastered eating, they've mastered you know, walking. Now they're, starting to, now they're starting to hone those skills, right? They're starting to run and climb and they're starting to use forks and actually get food in their mouths. Separation anxiety eases up, right? They're like, bye mom. You're like, what? Can I even get a tear? No, I'm good, you know? Uh, do myself, do myself, do myself. You wanna capitalize on that. What happens after 30 months, and for every kid, this is a little bit different, but somewhere around 30 months, you get a process called individuation. This is the psychological process by which a child figures out they're different from you. So prior to this, if they bonk their head, they think you feel the pain. Like they're really enmeshed with you, yeah? And because you've, you've attended to them, right? You've met their needs. And so when they go through individuation, which by the way, is the same thing your teenager will go through again, it's they realize they're separate from you. This is why you get three-nager. It's the age of no. It's the age of free will and choice. They realize, wait a minute, I can sit here, sit my butt on the floor, and you can not do anything about it because I am my own person. So what happens is more and more people are waiting to like three, three and a half. Yes, will they learn it? Almost assuredly. When I get a three and a half year old, I'm like, oh, of course they know when they're peeing and pooping. The bigger issue is, are they going to have an attitude about it? And let me be very, very clear about two things. This is the only time they will actually control the power in their lives. Think about it. It's their bodily function, right? It's the only time they will hold the power. And the second thing is you will never win a power struggle with a toddler. Do not try, do not engage. Like you will never win. They will beat you every time with pee and poop. So that's why I'm really all about potty training in that developmental lull because you got the smarts and you got the, the eager to help and no attitude yet. Right. And I did what you're not supposed to do according to your book. I, on the first day of potty training, I was like, I'm sharing that this is happening, which people shouldn't do, but it worked out. And honestly, like I dare to say that it was easy. And I know I'm going to get kicked back from people with that, but this is one of I mean, I guess everything with parenting is, but it's one of those things where people are very passionate about the, are they ready thing. So I got a lot of kickback about, well, is she ready? She's only 18 months. And yeah, but I would, I always just put that back on people. What, what does readiness look like to you? Because people have a miss, they, they get it skewed, right? They, no, I've never seen a kid take off a diaper and say, I'd like to use the toilet, please. Right. Like it's, it's, something we have to lead. And people will tell me they do. And people will say, well, I waited till my kid was four and it was easy. Shame on you. A four-year-old sitting in their own excrement. I'm sorry. That's not cool. And don't get me wrong. Some kids really struggle with this. That's not a sign of readiness or not. Do you know what I mean? That's, a, that's something else that's happening. Right? right? But we also think that like, I hear this all the time. I don't want to cause psychological damage. You guys, this is socialized behavior. Every culture, I don't care where you go, if you go to some indigenous tribe that's never seen other humans, they put their excrement somewhere besides their pants. They do, yes. you know? And so it's not a psychological process. I used to be a social worker in San Francisco. I worked with dual diagnosed moms. They were psychologically messed up. Potty training wasn't ever their issue. Like the, potty training does not cause psychological damage. <laughs> and if anything, from my non-expert opinion, I'm like, it makes them so proud. They're so proud they can be doing this thing that- They want that autonomy, yeah. Yes. They wanna be their own person. And mind you, after potty training, I usually see, anecdotally, I see a lot of uh, language bursts 
And then you may start to get a lot of that free will and choice because now they do have control over their right. autonomy and their body. So they're like, I can do everything by myself. Yeah. <laughs> well, <it's laughs> funny. I know there is a burst of language after 18 months anyways, but it's funny that you say that because yeah, in the last little bit, it's just been nonstop all the words and mm -hmm. a lot of the, no, no, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So there is kickback, but I always say, what are you waiting for? You know what I mean? And I, people just back themselves into a corner. The other thing is we're just, we're busy. We're busy parents. Never before have there been markets for kids. So parents are running around for activities. I mean, I just recorded on my own podcast, like ease up with the, the pumpkin patch and the hay ride and the, like everybody's trying to do all the photo op things, you know, that's been skewed by social media. And so you don't have to get out of the house all that much. You know, I mean, you want to be outside, but go for a walk around the block and watch ants. You know, it doesn't have to be the big activities that can overstimulate the kids. Yeah, it can literally be out the back door. I admit mm -hmm. I went to the pumpkin patch, but. <laughs> I do oh, and don't get me wrong, no, I'm all about it, but I, you know what? It came out of a client who said her little one would get so overstimulated. And one thing I found with kids and, and outdoors and any sort of activity, is they're so much slower than us and they're so much more accepting. I, I tell this story that Pascal and I one day walked around the block, it took nine hours because we stopped at every bug and every leaf and, yeah. and you know, they're low to the ground. They see things that I don't see. Um, and we got home and there, somebody had dropped something sugary outside on the sidewalk. And so there was a parade of ants. We got lawn chairs, we got lunch. We sat out there for hours watching these ants move sugar. So. I, I tell people, you know, if you're going to go to these activities, do one thing. You can go and get the pumpkin. Yes. You can go another day and do the hayride. Like you don't have to do all the things at once. And, you know, I remember when I went to Paris, I, I read a book about going to the Louvre and they were like, do not do the Louvre in one sitting. Like pick three pieces of art you want to see and then get out. Cause you'll just, it'll be too much, you know? Yeah. And so that's how I feel about, about all these activities, you know, exactly. just go and do one thing. Yeah. What's your purpose? If the purpose is for your whole family to enjoy it and the kid to enjoy it, then yeah, pick one thing mm -hmm. and don't mm -hmm. measure it. Okay. So actually speaking of that, you talked about dedicating some time to actually staying home and yeah. the toilet and getting comfortable with it. So the burning question for all of our explorer families would be like, well, when can I get out on a hike again? <laughs> so how long do you think explorer families should put off that actual, like that big hike where you're getting in the car and driving to the hike in the midst of potty training? I think that's, it, that's a hard thing to answer because it really depends on the kid and kind of how fast some kids literally, I mean, there's a reason why there's 80 million three-day potty training books out there and methods you know, the majority of kids will get over the hump, the big hump, you know, in, in three to seven days. I like to give seven to 10 days. But what I say is that, especially if you're working from, you know, working outside the home or even full-time working both parents, devote at least four days. If you can do a weekend with like a Friday and a Monday hooked on, because it's naturally going to just go better. I mean, think of any place that you pee outside of your house. It's either a public restroom, out in the woods. Like none of these are comfortable for the newly potty trained. Do you know what I mean? Um, especially now that it's getting chillier. It's not like you're going to strip your kid's pants off, right? Like you're going to do some weird hold of their butt over, <laughs> you know? Um, and so like at home with parents is the best thing for anybody, right? It's going to be more comfortable. 
I don't have the exact number, but there's a ridiculous statistic that like 87% of adults won't poop outside their own home. So the fact that we Whoa. expect kids to just go whenever, I mean, they go whenever be in their diaper because it's socially acceptable, but they may not go at preschool. They may not go at the rest stop. They may not go at Target, you know? So I think it's good to devote those four days and you should, this is really hard to quantify, which is one of the reasons in my book, I, I designed it into blocks of learning as opposed to days, because the blocks of learning give you like quantitative data that you can move on. And then if something goes wrong, like a block tower that a kid would build, go to the last successful block, just make sure those foundations are really good and you can always bounce between them. But I would say most kids after that initial like four or five days, what I would definitely do is you want to start with small outings, first of all, and you also kind of, you don't want anything timed that's gonna create pressure. So like, say your kid has a swim class at 11 o'clock and you, oh, by the way, you should wear a swim diaper for a while when you're potty training because okay, a, 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 a code brown will just wreck everybody's self-esteem, including yours. Um, but let's say they have like gymnastics or something, right? And, and you have to be out of the house at 11 o'clock. You're gonna be down that kid's throat to pee before you leave. And pressure is the number one killer of potty training. So if you try to do this in three days, if I mean, I get parents from those three day methods all the time who are crying. They're like, we did this boot camp and now my kid won't pee at all. You know, like it really creates drama when you put pressure on the child. So you wanna, what I tell parents to do is you don't have to stay home, but you kind of wanna wait for the kid to have a big pee and then be like, hey, let's go, let's go to the market or let's go here. So they kind of go on an empty bladder and you can start to build their pride and mastery because like, hey, wow, your pants stay dry. Good for you, let's go. So yeah, that's what I would recommend. And then for like the big hikes and things like that, it, it's hard to, it's really hard for me to say. It's like, you know, you know, you get really used to your kids' patterns, their pee signal. I would say as we're heading into winter in New England, I would wait a while for that snowsuit because or bring an extra, <laughs> you right. know, if you're going to do a big hike, I would say just be prepared, you know, but I also, if getting out of the house, especially to be outside is so good for everybody. Like, especially with your kid, if they're under 30 months, throw a diaper on for the snowsuit and just go on the hike and then come back. Like you can kind of futz around with it a little bit. Just don't let it take over because right. I will get parents who like really are devoted to it. They'll stay home for 10 days, but then everybody's losing their mind. It's like, we're back in lockdown. It's craziness. So I'd much rather see the kids happy and regulated outside. Yeah. Diaper for two hours. You know what I mean? I call myself a real world potty trainer. I don't want your kid potty trained at all costs. Right. I, okay. I want, I want health and happiness. Yeah. Home, you know, <laughs> the chance to get outside. <laughs> yeah. And well, we know that also big play you know, being outside, doing big play, not just hiking, but using arms, throwing rocks, those kinds of things that you can do outside in the woods or wherever, those help release the pelvic floor. So that will help kids who might be withholding or not being able to poop. We want to get them moving their bodies in a really big way. So, but I would hike with a potty chair too, throw that baby Bjorn, punch a hole in it and put it right on your backpack. <laughs> so glad you said that. That is what I've been doing. Yeah. <laughs> my toilet with me everywhere. And it is, amazing because you have that drive so then you have the toilet with you right after like as soon as we get to the location okay do you need to use it and then she yeah. goes and then I I'm I think it will take a little time to like master the squat in the woods <laughs> so that's oh, yeah. why, like if I have the toilet and she just sits on it goes it's done yeah and it's so can I tell you a really funny bizarre fact about me yes 
That's going to be way too much information. Oh. I can write my name in P in cursive in the snow. Okay, that is beyond impressive. <laughs> <laughs> How long did you practice that to master that? I have always been a big outdoors person and I am a frequent peer. I pee all the time. And so I just don't have time to be prideful. So like, I think the whole world seen my butt because I just, go. I just step off the path and I pee. <laughs> that is too good. You made me feel really good about that because I was thinking you're going to tell me to get rid of this toilet at some point, but I'm thinking oh. like, I'm going to keep it in my trunk forever. Bring it wherever. Why not? Yeah. The, the squat and public restrooms can be so gross or like they can be the Dyson hand dryers or toddler height. They turn the corner into right. a, a live tile restroom and that dryer goes off. You're done. Well, and that's the thing that I'm impressed with. And maybe it's an age thing for Collins too, but like there has no been no fear of going number two, which I know you talk about. And yeah. there's been no fear of even like we've done the outhouse we've done the public toilet we've done the toilet that flushes while she's sitting on it and it's been fine so I don't know if it's just her temperament or if it's the fact that she's younger and I think it's both I think it is her temperament because because I'm surprised usually when the toilet flushes and they're on it yeah the day they're usually like boom you're done I know and everyone <laughs> said that and she was just more like fascinated like wow why did it flush <laughs> I think that's apparently disposition but also her age like the younger you're just going to get a better I mean, if you think about it just from a habit standpoint, you know, like with any habit, is a two-year habit easier to break or a four-year habit? Right. Like what's right. easier to break? You know what I mean? Yeah. And so you, I do tend to see all that withholding and the drama with the older kids. Okay. But on that note, let me just mention, since your audience is so into exploring and travel and adventure, a long car rides for the newly potty trained, it's okay. I call them travel pants, but you would call it a diaper. It's okay to put that on because if they fall asleep, the car seat's such a pain to clean, that kind of thing. So that's okay, but it's like Vegas. Like what happens in the car seat just stays in the car seat. Like you just take the diaper off and then you go back to- Right, and maybe chain. like you said, even call it that, like call it the car seat. Yeah, and then, um, and then if you are in a public restroom, most kids are not like Collins. <laughs> so carry post-its in your purse, or you can just take some toilet paper and wet it and put it up against the sensor. Cause the sensor will go off. They're not weighted enough. Right. So um, the sensor will go up and it will freak out some kids. Okay. Those are two really solid tips. Thank you for that. And speaking of winter, because yeah, it's getting to winter and we always talk a ton about layers at the time you're potty training, you don't want one piece, anything anymore. Like, Oh no, <laughs> no. I mean, I know it's no, it kind of has to happen. Um, but try to get no one pieces because you, you don't have that much time, especially that first month or two when they say they got to pee or you notice they have to pee you don't have very long to get them to get them on the potty and going, you know, it builds very quickly, but you want to make sure that they don't have one pieces. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. This was a question someone asked on Instagram and I'm curious your thoughts on this. So when kids are having a meltdown and I know you make the distinction between like a tantrum or just being upset or a meltdown, like a mm -hmm. true meltdown, like their lid is flipped and they're freaking out. That's mm -hmm. often in this person asking this question, that's when an accident will happen and they'll wet mm -hmm. themselves because they're not mm -hmm. in control of their body anymore. So is there anything parents can do to help that situation or is it just kind of getting through it? What I would have is like piddle pads in the house. And if you see it starting to ramp up, I get a piddle pad and just hold it. Like you got, you know, it's going to happen. And I remember my brother-in-law, he was at my, um, he was at my brother's wedding and he, his daughter would do that. And she was a flower girl. And something happened and he could see her starting to, to go. And he like 
whisked her and held her over like uh, like kind of outside a, a patio door <laughs> she's gonna wet herself there's nothing you can do because the emotions run high you know and they they literally are out of control of their body so i would just try to like have piddle pads to just save your rug or your floor um the, but the flip side of that is occasionally i i often tell parents i don't i don't like timeouts at all like that's the subtitle of my second book is why timeouts suck oh, <laughs> but I it. um if you use timeouts i would not use them for potty train when you're potty training because you will get a revenge pee and a revenge pee you will know it because they will be looking it, it is as close to a middle finger as they're gonna give you yeah <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so that can happen and that, but you'll know because they'll be totally in control. Like <laughs> it, okay. it won't be the same as that tantrum fallout. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Amazing. Are you writing another book? No, my second book is, oh crap, I have a toddler. Okay. So that's the one you're talking about. Okay. Yeah. Anything yeah. else in the works? What's next for you? I mean, you're always working with families and. I am. The, well, a really cool thing. We just signed a deal for a new company called Lit. And what they do is they take it's brand new. So right now they're just taking best-selling books and oh crap, potty training happens to be a bestseller quite by accident. Um, I didn't intend to. But um, so what they're doing is they take these books and they get they through different media, they create like an hour, hour and a half video, but like with graphics and the author and interviews and things like that to get the point across. So basically we're, I think we're edging out of reading really to get material because more people look at YouTube. And so for people who are not readers or don't have time to read or can't, you know, if you're not an auditory learner, you can't, I don't think my book's that great on, on um, Audible or anything because like there's things you have to like mark or go back to, but uh, yeah, so that's cool. That's happening. And then my friend, Stephanie, she's also a parenting uh, expert. Well, she's a, a therapist. Uh, we're in the works writing a book about, we haven't titled it yet, but the why. So a lot of times parents, partners are in conflict because why they are having the child do something isn't, their whys are different. And it's really your value system, which is one of the chapters in Oh Crap, I Have a Toddler to try to get spouses on the same page. Yeah. And so like, for example, like if you want your your five-year-old in sports. So she put her five-year-old in sports and she could care less because the kid is like the mayor. He doesn't actually want to play. He just wants to be with other kids. Okay. But her husband was like, we got to go to every practice. He's got to practice. And she was like, what's your deal? Like he's five. And what we've discovered is that your why is everything. And so like, are you doing this because he needs friends or socialization? Then it's not important that we go to every practice, you know? As he gets older though, are you in it for commitment? Are you in it for sportsmanship? Well, then you do have to show up for every practice. So, um, but it translates to just about everything you do and why you might be in conflict with your partner oh. because your whys are so different, but then it helps you land on, like then you can see the other person's point of view without arguing because you do this and that and the other thing. And like, you're so mean, you want, you want them competing at five years old. And then, you know, the other person it's like, I just want him to float through and it can seem like so opposed. So yeah, so we're working on that. Yeah. Okay. Amazing. I love it because the kids who explore, we're always talking about what we were saying with what the adventures are, like, what's your, why, why are you doing it? And yeah, so that's along the same line. So, okay. Wow. I cannot wait for that. Thank you. Yeah, that's where, exciting. where else can people find you to follow? I named you, if you want to plug it all again, I named your website and your Instagram. Oh yeah. JamieGlowacki.com. Instagram is Jamie.Glowacki. And like my DMs are always full. So my assistant handles those, but I have courses. I have night training course. I have a poop. If you're getting, this is the biggest thing. If you're struggling with poop, get my pooping solutions course. It's really good. 
I lay it all out. I just updated it. We have a daycare course if you're struggling with that. It's all just Jamie Gulaki. I don't do Twitter. We haven't spoken since I don't know when, and I still haven't learned TikTok. So oh, you still haven't. <laughs> I think I have a big thing. The internet is funny. And I thought I was funny, but I am not funny. Like people are funny. So I think I just have to do like informational TikToks and be okay with that. Right. You know, because yeah, I, I don't know TikTok either. So, but I think you're funny. Whatever you think. I'm I funny think. for like I'm like low level funny. <laughs> I'm not funny like where people digitally switch. I don't know. I die, I die laughing. I, I can't even have have TikTok on my phone because I would just be lost. But yeah, and I think that videos. is with TikTok. It's like on to the next thing. Boom, boom, boom. So you got to be quick, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, let's do our fire round. So in the last few months, what was the best purchase you made under $100? Okay, I really thought about this. So first of all, I have to say the best purchase I made, but it was $275 was a sauna. The sauna tent that you look so stupid in and you zipper it up and your hands stick out. Oh my goodness, like it's not even a, you literally- No, it's like a tent. It. It's like a little tent. It's yeah, and it wow. collapses and it gets up to 140 degrees, but that was a little more extensive. I'm gonna shamelessly plug another guy on Instagram. So the best purchase, it's $50 a month, but it's knees over toe guy. He's an Instagram and that's his, his knee program. And he, it's live coaching. So you send in a video of the exercise you do and a coach gets back to you and tells you if you're doing it. So that's why it costs that. So it's $50 a month, but here's the deal. August 14th, I was in a Spartan race. I completed the obstacle and I fell off of it wrong. I landed wrong. I blew out my ACL. I tore my full tear, my ACL, my LCL. I tore my um, MCL, ACL. I have a tear in my LCL. Uh, lateral medial meniscus and my gastrocnemius. So by all accounts, oh my, my knee was blown. That was August 14th. I riced it, rice, right? Like um, rest, yeah, ice, compression, elevation, three days like it was my job. I started this guy's program. I have not opted for surgery and I'm about to climb 2,000, two, 4,000 footers on Saturday and Sunday. I'm jumping, wow. I'm running and I'm back, like my knee's not swollen. So like if you have any knee issues at all and hiking mountains, you know, there's yeah. impact coming down. This guy is amazing. Knees over toe guy on Instagram. Okay. I don't make any money or anything from that. It's just like, he's changed my life. Like good for you. And that is the best free advertisement ever for him because that is huge. Uh, yeah. Can you share a book, show, or podcast recommendation right now? Yes. All of okay. yours. <laughs> just, uh, yeah, of course. Right. So I have this thing where I'm a little jealous of all these like female motivational speakers like Gabby Bernstein, Brene Brown, Mel Robbins. And I resist them at all costs because I feel like it's all stuff I know. And I'm pissed that I didn't capitalize on it before right. them. Right? And so, right. so I get like really wonky, but finally I was like, I wanted to listen to something super positive on audible. Right. And I just didn't want any more. I don't want to hear about COVID anymore, like right now. And so I got Mel Robbins because she's the least annoying of everybody. <laughs> and I love it. And so her book is called The Five Second Rule. And basically, it's how to move forward in your life because we all procrastinate and we all resist. But if you think a thought, like, I'm going to start a podcast, five, four, three, two, one, go. Like, just make. Yes get action on it, do something towards your dream or your goal or whatever it is. Cause otherwise after that five seconds, scientifically your brain kicks in and goes, well, you can't really do a podcast. You're yeah. not, you know, it's my, I gotta get after this. I'm going to five, four, three, two, one, get on TikTok. You like over, just do it yes. because like I, my brain tells me you're not funny. You're not allowed on TikTok. Right. Don't you know overthink I mean? it and just go. Yeah. So Mel Robbins, the five second rule. Okay, awesome. If there was no time or money limit, where would you travel or explore? Literally everywhere. 
Like I would just go from country to country to country. I've done so much traveling. Um, I'd probably go hike Kilimanjaro first. And then I'd go to Madagascar and take like a drum making workshop. But then I'd probably go back. I've been in Greece, but I'd love to like hang in Greece, like for a really long time. I would just go everywhere. Okay. I love it. I love it. <laughs> this was the perfect timing because Miss Collins just woke up from her nap. So. <laughs> and see, we got through with no gunshots, no coyotes. Yes. Snakes in my living room. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much for being on today. I appreciate all your knowledge and all the help that you gave to make Collins be out of diapers. That's awesome. All right. Rock on, you guys. Thanks for adventuring with us. Please subscribe and share your love by reviewing our podcast with five stars and follow us over at Kids Who Explore on Instagram and all other social media platforms.